SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three of a Thursday edition of the morning after right here on the Spiz Grizz, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. We are going to have a great time in this third and final very happy hour, a look at the hardwood tonight in both the NBA and college hoops as well on a Thursday. Later on in this third hour, we are joined by Sports Grid's very own Megan Payton to look at the NFL offseason. She was in L.A. last week at the site of Super Bowl 56 asking NFL players about the futures market moving forward. And we'll also talk some NBA All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, Ohio. And then our resident bracketologist, Kevin Sweeney, a college basketball reporter for Sports Illustrated, joins us to end our number three with an early look at the bracket for the madness in the month of March now in the middle portion of February but to start out our number three it is our West Coast wake up we welcome in our West Coast audience let's talk some ball out there in LA because last night at crypto.com arena the Lakers as a four and a half point underdog rally late in the fourth quarter to pull off the upset outright over the Utah Jazz the Lakers winning 106 101 at home against Utah last night LeBron James vital in that fourth quarter without Anthony Davis we await the results of an MRI on AD's ankle today but without AD LeBron stepped up big as he has his entire now 19 year NBA career and also this season for the Lakers 33 points for LeBron eight boards six assists 14 of 23 from the field an efficient night to lead the Lakers to an upset outright victory as a four and a half point underdog snapping a six game winning streak for the Utah Jazz who had covered in five straight entering last night's contest against Los Angeles out in downtown LA the Lakers also hadn't been winning a ton of basketball games in the recent stretch entering last night they had lost four of their last five seven of their last nine but they still had been covering they had covered in six of those last nine games as well and winning outright as a dog last night now covering in two straight they've also covered in three of their last four as an underdog and the Lakers haven't been a very profitable team this year against the number but as an underdog above 50 percent cover percentage at 12 and 10 ATS so far this season the total of 226 stays under for Utah and LA tonight the Jazz six of the last seven games hitting in under 12 of the last 16 falling under as well a big win for the Lakers now entering the all-star break factoring into that play-in tournament area of the Western Conference standings but that's not the only basketball going down in Los Angeles right now it would also be in the college ranks and a big one tonight in Westwood in the Conference of Champions, number 12 UCLA, excuse me, number 13 UCLA, 12 in the Ken Palm rankings, number 13 UCLA, a nine and a half point favorite in a Pac-12 tilt at home in Pauley Pavilion against Washington State. The over-under right now on FanDuel, 
131. UCLA has not been playing great basketball here as of late. They have lost three of their last four games. They have not covered in any of those four games. Now, Washington, or they have been a favorite in two of those three games. And as a favorite in Pac-12 play this year, just 4-6-1 ATS. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here. The third and final very happy hour of the morning after on a Thursday on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our radio terrestrial affiliates as well. Welcome to the morning after. I am Ben Stevens in our West Coast Wake Up. Also talking some basketball out on the West Coast in the college ranks tonight. UCLA, the 13th ranked Bruins, a nine and a half point favorite in a Pac-12 tilt against Washington State. Now, Wazoo has been very, very streaky so far in the Pac-12 portion of their schedule. They've lost three straight games, but they won five straight prior to that. And they did cover as a five point dog on Monday night against Oregon. And they've only been an underdog three times in Pac-12 play, surprisingly, just one and two ATS as an underdog. Washington State, three straight unders and under in nine of their last 13 and in 13 of their last 15 games as well. The reason why, the 106th most efficient offense in all of the country, according to Kenneth Pomeroy, UCLA, a top 20 most efficient defense, ranking 16th in the country. So Washington State has lost three straight. UCLA has lost three of their last four, and they have not covered in any of those four games. They've been a favorite in two of those three games as well, and just four, six, and one ATS for the Bruins this year as a favorite in Pac-12 play. So a big time as we get into the home stretch of this college basketball season. And of course, that means we need to look at the conference championship odds across the country. In the Pac-12 right now, look at the drastic change of pace we have seen. Arizona, minus 1450 to win the Pac-12 conference. A couple of weeks back, when UCLA and Arizona met for the second time in an eight-game span, these odds flip back and forth, but now UCLA has lost three of their last four, and Arizona continues to win basketball games. Minus 14.50, a heavy odds-on favorite to win the Pac-12. USC, 17-1. UCLA, 27-1 as well. We continue to look at the college basketball slate on this Thursday also, some NBA action as well. A huge one in Milwaukee coming up next here on the morning after on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. A great Thursday night slate on the hardwood. Our hardwood handicap right here, right now on this Thursday program, otherwise known as the morning after. A big one in the NBA. The final night of action before the All-Star break in Cleveland, Ohio this upcoming weekend. And a great one in Milwaukee that really features two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Two of the three best odds to win the Eastern Conference crown as of right now. The reigning Eastern Conference champs, the reigning NBA champions as well. The Milwaukee Bucks 
hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. And a look at that live line, still a six and a half point favorite in favor of the Bucks at home tonight and over under at 223. Milwaukee beat Indianapolis on Tuesday night. Giannis had a 50-burger, 50 points, 14 boards, but despite beating the Pacers by nine points, they did not cover as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I bring that up because Milwaukee has not covered in three straight games, and so far this year against the number, not great ATS, 26-33, two games below 500 as a favorite against the number as well, 22-24. and 24. Philly is looking to put what happened two nights ago out of mind, out of sight, possibly forever because they lost by 48 points to the Boston Celtics on Tuesday night. They didn't cover as a two-point underdog at home in Philly against the Celtics, and that was the C's ninth straight win. So they lost by 48, and it was not a great night for Joel Embiid. Only 19 points, nine rebounds, snapping a 23-game streak that JoJo scored at least 25 points but prior to that game for Philadelphia as an underdog again they did not cover losing by 48 and they were only getting two points on the spread prior to that game against Boston Philly had won outright in their last five games booked as an underdog but the Sixers now have only covered twice in their last seven games and in the last eight games four overs four unders Milwaukee six straight overs this total of now 223 on the FanDuel Sportsbook is the lowest total for Milwaukee in their last eight games. They have gone over this number of 223 in seven of those eight games as that over understands. So Philly has been good as a dog this year. They won outright in five straight prior to Tuesday night's lackluster performance against the Boston Celtics. Philly now on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, that line, as you can see, six and a half points in favor of the Bucks. Not only does it feature a matchup of two of the three best odds to win the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee the favorite, plus 260, Philly in that third spot, plus 330, the Nets in the second spot at plus 300. It also features a matchup of the two best odds to win the NBA MVP. Joel Embiid is the favorite, plus 155. Giannis, the second best price, at plus 340. So let's look into the player prop market for both Giannis and Joel Embiid tonight as you take a look at those NBA MVP odds. Nikola Jokic only 10 cents behind as well in that third spot at plus 350. So Giannis's point prop tonight, 29 and a half. His rebounding prop, 10 and a half. And the over has plus money at plus 110. His combo prop for Giannis tonight, 40 and a half. The under has the juice at minus 122. Again, Giannis is coming off a 50-point 14 rebound performance just a couple of nights back against the Indiana the Indiana Pacers so when you look at the over for Giannis in that point prop and rebound prop he has gone over both numbers in three of the last six games in the exact three same games that he went over his points prop he also went over his rebounds prop so three of six over both points and rebounds in the three same games also over the combo prop in those three straight game or those three exact games as well he has gone over this combo prop of 40 and a half points plus rebounds in six of the last 11 for Milwaukee as well Joel Embiid his points prop up by two points 31 and a half from where that number number stands for Giannis 12 and a half rebounds for Joel Embiid as well the over even money 
plus 100. The combo prop for points plus rebounds for Giannis is 40 and a half. For JoJo, it's 44 and a half. Again, Joel Embiid only 19 and 9 in a bad performance for everybody wearing a Sixers uniform against the Celtics a couple of nights back. It snapped a streak of 23 straight games for Joel Embiid with at least 25 points. Joel Embiid has gone over this points prop of 31 and a half in eight of the last 13 games for Philly, over this rebounding prop of 12 and a half in four of the last seven. Only over that combo prop, though, three times in the last eight games, but he has been averaging 43.9 combined points plus rebounds in that eight-game span, just a tick under where it stands tonight at 44 and a half. I don't expect Philadelphia to lay an egg as they did two nights ago at home, against the Boston Celtics. The six and a half points is intriguing to me, given how good Philly has been as a dog this year. The number seems large, and I expect a big night for Joel Embiid, an MVP caliber performance on this Thursday, heading in to the All-Star break. But it's not just on the NBA hardwood tonight. We also have some great college games as well. Let's start in the Big Ten. Iowa hosts uh, Michigan, a six-point spread in favor of of the Hawkeyes and over under at 150 and a half. Now, Iowa has won three straight games, currently seven and six in Big Ten play. They were four and six before this three game winning streak, of course, dipping below 500, which we haven't seen Iowa do in Big Ten play in the last couple of seasons. A three game win streak for the Hawkeyes, and they have covered in two of those three games, all booked as a favorite. And the only non cover for the Hawkeyes was courtesy of the hook they beat the gophers of minnesota by 12 points and they were a 12 and a half point favorite michigan got off to a terrible start to this year an elite eight team last year they had the second best price to win the national championship in the preseason tied with texas at 12 to 1 for the second best odds to win the natty but now michigan seven and six in big 10 play they have split their last six games three and two ats as a dog in big 10 action Two of those three covers against the number have also been outright wins for the Wolverines. Michigan has played three straight unders, but they went over in six straight prior. Iowa, out of 358 Division I college basketball teams, has the second highest over percentage in all of the country. 74% of Iowa's games this year hitting an over. 17 total overs for Iowa going over their totals by an average margin of nearly six points per game. Over and two straight for the Hawks. Four of the last five games for Iowa over. A big reason for the offensive success? Well, you can look no further than Keegan Murray for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Averaging 23.3 points per game this year. The third leading scorer in all of college basketball. He has had 30 or more points in two straight, 20 or more in four straight for the Iowa Hawkeyes. If they give you a points prop on Keegan Murray tonight, inside Carver Hawkeye, maybe you look to take an over. How about some WCC action for you on your Thursday? Teams not named Gonzaga, but still two very good teams. San Francisco and St. Mary's at St. Mary's tonight. An over-under of 132.5 in the Gales, a three-point favorite. St. Mary's, the Gales, by the way, the Dons of San Francisco. Both teams receiving votes in the AP poll. Both teams inside the top 30 in Ken Palm. Only four games left in the WCC regular season slate. Both teams have played Gonzaga once and both 
lost by 16 points. Similarities between USF and St. Mary's tonight. The first meeting at the end of January, St. Mary's on the road up in San Francisco, winning outright as a two-point underdog. But St. Mary's now has lost two of their last three. They won seven straight prior. And as a favorite this year, the Gales have been very good against the number 12-5-1 ATS. USF has won five of their last six, and they have covered in two straight. They've only been a dog three times this year against Gonzaga, Loyola of Chicago, and BYU. Just one and two ATS as a dog, but the one cover, an outright win against the Cougs. Sports Grid's Megan Payton joins us next for a little bit of everything in the sports landscape. Stay with us on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome back on to the morning after. The last two times we did this together, we were live in person in Los Angeles on Super Bowl Radio Row, now virtually. But Megan Payton of Sports Grid joins us once more here on the morning after. Megan, I miss you. I feel like we had such a great time. All of the Spiz Grizz family out in L.A. last week. How is Los Angeles right now? Right? I, it's not the same, I'll tell you that. It was it was a lot more fun last week being with the cool sets, you know, at Radio yeah. Row. But, I, you know, I'm happy to be back on. We're talking about it's a warm day in New York today, isn't it? A little bit. You guys are getting some good weather. It is. All we right, are. Good. It's going it's, to be like nice 60 here. degrees. <laughs> You know, I think it's colder here today. It's been raining. So, you know, you guys were in at a good time. It was like perfect for Super Bowl week. It was wild how warm it was (laughs) last week. Mid-70s, low 80s. It was fantastic. I'm glad we got out before the rain. We don't need to talk about the Los Angeles weather too much, though, because, as you know, Megan, the producer here, John Shames, gets a little bit upset that he wasn't with us last week in L.A. But last week in L.A., Inside the Super Bowl Media Center, Megan was walking around asking some folks that know inside NFL circles how they feel about not what was going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday, but next year's Super Bowl in the 2022 (laughs) NFL campaign. So, Megan, as you were asking people about the NFL futures market for the 2023 Super Bowl, what did you hear in L.A.? You know, you get a little, you get some biased people, but, um, you know, I hear, I hear Chiefs, I hear Rams are running it back again. Um, obviously, the Bengals fans there were saying Bengals, Joe Burrow. But, you know, I think it makes sense if you look at the odds, a team that keeps coming up are the Buffalo Bills. Now, they are right now favorites yep. at plus 700. And I honestly think this is a very high chance there's a very high chance of the bills you know definitely being contenders this year and could absolutely bring it home in 2020 i guess it'd be the 2022 to 2023 season now i know we're still far away but i like the bills i love josh allen and i i really hope it i mean they haven't won a super bowl how cool would it be for the buffalo bills to have a super bowl it would be incredible. Pray for every table in Western New York if they even get close 
to a Super Bowl berth. And Megan, I think it's fascinating when you look at this market because you mentioned it's a far way away. And the dates are confusing because it's the 2023 NFL season, but the 2020, uh, 2022 NFL season, see, confusing, but the 2023 Super Bowl. Super Bowl. It's the same thing for next year, Super Bowl 57. And it's a long way away, but we've already yeah. seen movement in this market because the Chiefs and the Bills were co-favorites just last week, both seven to one. Now the Bills are by themselves at the top of the board at plus 700 and the Chiefs 50 cents behind. To me, Megan, it says that if you looked at that AFC division around game inside Arrowhead, that was one of the best football games anybody anywhere has ever yeah. seen. It was more a positive direction of growth for the Bills versus an expectation of what we've come to know for Kansas City and the hope remains very strong for Buffalo entering next season. I couldn't agree more and you know that's where you talk about the overtime rules what's going to happen I don't know if we're going to see really any change for next season but the Bills deserve to be you know they deserve to be further than where they were and I think that they're going to come back a little angry this year and I think that they have mm. a really good shot but you look at this list and it's interesting to me because you see the Cowboys on there you see the Packers yet we don't even know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers so those are kind of some interesting odds in my opinion I'm looking at the Cowboys going maybe but what, what are your thoughts on some of those NFC teams in there well, Megan, I think it's a great question, right? Because the NFC seems very up in the air. The Rams are the favored team out of the NFC to win the Super Bowl for a second straight year. They're also the yeah. favorites to win the NFC, a new market up on the FanDuel Sportsbook as well because there are so many quarterback questions in the NFC. I don't know how you could bet money on the Dallas Cowboys seeing as they've won three playoff games in the last 25 years. And there is so much QB <laughs> uncertainty in Tampa Bay in San Francisco, it seems like it will be Trey Lance's turn. And then this is why Megan is a pro's pro in Green Bay as well. Because what will Aaron Rodgers do? What is the future of that Packers organization? And Megan, we had some fun here on this Thursday on the morning after. And we put together what we have for Aaron Rodgers' odds for his next destination. Right now, Green Bay Ooh. remains the favorite with a minus money price at minus 125 to play for a new NFL team would be plus 175. And for Aaron to just walk away and hang it up, retire at plus 500. Megan, what do you think of these odds? And what do you think Aaron Rodgers' next step will be? You know, I mean, as much as I'd like to see him just be a co-host with Pat McAfee and go into that career, it'd be fantastic. I don't see it happening. And Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in the news until, I mean, honestly, he's going to stay in the news until like July is my guess, because yeah. you just never know with him. I honestly think he's going to stay in Green Bay. I think these rumors are coming up and, you know, of course the, you know, Shailene Woodley and him call off their engagement. What does that mean? Does said. that mean he's not yep. going to go to Denver? You hear Denver, you hear Pittsburgh, you hear all these teams, but you just, there's not enough validity from any of these rumors to me to believe that there's a strong candidate outside of Green Bay. I think that there are probably issues with the Packers. Is he completely happy? Probably not. And I think, you know, he's a high maintenance person to deal with, but also he's earned the right to be. I ultimately think he is going to be in Green Bay this season, yet I wouldn't be 
crazy surprised if some new reports came out and we could hear about a team that we haven't even heard of yet. But I don't know why he would go to Denver, honestly. I don't either, because I think you bring up a great point. Green Bay is the favorites in the odds that we put together at minus 125. And you asked the question, what do you make of the NFC? There's a ton of uncertainty, but if Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay, I think their odds to win both the Super Bowl and the conference championship get shorter and shorter because we know the AFC is very difficult. We just talked about the Bills and the Chiefs, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, who just played in his first Super Bowl, Justin Herbert, who we saw walking around the Super Bowl Media Center last week, and he looks like an absolute giant. The AFC yeah. is stacked. We haven't even brought up a healthy Lamar Jackson. So I think that if you're Aaron Rodgers and you want to keep playing football, you stay in the NFC, probably for the Packers, but maybe also a trip to Tampa Bay. Megan, who says that might not be a possibility? Maybe, but like you're in the NFC North and you're in, I mean, just as you said, the AFC is so stacked right now. The NFC is struggling. A lot of quarterback confusion amongst the whole conference. But you look at the NFC North, if you're the Green Bay Packers, I mean, you're automatically the favorites with Aaron Rodgers. You've got the Lions, you got the Bears, I mean, Vikings, they're hiring new coaches. To me, Green Bay gives you the best shot at winning a Super Bowl. We know how hard it is to play at Lambeau Field. So to me, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't know why you would go somewhere else. Why make it harder on yourself? I understand there might be some disagreement with Matt LaFleur, GM, but to me, it wouldn't make sense. You've got, you know, some healthy guys coming back. I, I do think the Packers give him the best chance at getting Super Bowl ring. I completely agree with you. So that is the NFL offseason. Right now, the NBA in action, Megan. All-star weekend on the horizon in Cleveland. And we have tons of odds up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Rising Stars Tournament. And then also all the competitions we see on All-Star Saturday. That would include the three-point shootout contest and the favorites right now, Megan. Patty Mills, Fred Van Fleet. How would you go about betting a three-point shootout contest? What about my boy Trey Young? I think that he's oh, got sorry. his. What is he, what is he at right now? He's uh, is he minus let's say plus four ninety. But I honestly I think that he's got a good chance. I like the Hawks. I you know these are always fun. I love the. I think the NBA does a really good job at their All Star Weekend. They make these uh, contests and events pretty fun. So I know you know you can pick maybe a little bit a guy that might give you a little more security, but I'd honestly go Trey Young here. I think he's got a good a good shot at, at winning this three-point contest. Who are you taking, though? I like the spot right there because Trey Young's not the favorite, thus probably has some value at plus 490. I'm going to look at C.J. McCollum at plus 950, maybe because you used to live in New Orleans. We had Aaron Summers sure. on who covers the Pelicans, and she was speaking so highly about C.J., so maybe C.J. McCollum at plus 950, the second longest odds on the board. Quickly here, Megan. We were in L.A. last week for the Super Bowl, but NBA trade deadline, blockbuster trade, James Harden to Philly, Ben Simmons to Brooklyn, two of the three favorites to win the Eastern Conference. What do you make of those odds to win the East? To win the East, I mean, you look at the Bucks. They're, you know, that is going to be my favorite. Also, I think you know they've got their big three in Drew Holiday. They got Giannis, Chris Middleton. I do think that they've got the best shot. Also, they added uh, Serge Ibaka. I think he's got that size. He's got strength down low. But if I'm going to pick an underdog here, my underdog Ooh. is 
the Chicago Bulls, who are, you know, a little bit more risky, but he pays out a bit more. And I think they've got their free agent, Jim, in uh, DeMar DeRozan. He's been having an MVP caliber season. So if I'm getting risky, yep. I'm taking the Bulls. But if I'm playing it safe, I do think the Bucks. We now add Megan Payton to the group here on the morning after that is seeing red. I am wearing red. <laughs> Megan Payton seeing red. That's what we do. A sports grid contributor catcher all over the grids, social media channels as well. Megan, as always, thank you very much for your time. More of the morning after up next here on the grid on the other side of the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is February, but soon... It'll be March. And right now, on the morning after, on a Thursday on Sports Grid, we look forward to the NCAA tournament and the final home stretch of the regular season of this college basketball year across the country. I am Ben Stevens, now joined by our resident bracketologist, a college basketball reporter for Sports Illustrated. It is Kevin Sweeney back on the show. Kevin, this is the time that we dive into college hoops. We have been following all year long. You as CBB Central for much longer than even that, but most starting to pay attention to college basketball more at this moment as we approach late February a great time to have you back on the show to share some insight for the home stretch of this regular season thanks for having me Ben we are very very glad indeed so Kev you've been on the show throughout the college basketball season and I've asked you multiple questions about the ACC because outside of Duke how many teams are going to get into the big dance and who is that second best team in the Atlantic Coast Conference last night that was fully on display Miami picks up a big road win against Louisville. Notre Dame tested in overtime at home against Boston College. And then North Carolina, after hammering Florida State over the weekend, loses outright at home to Pitt as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Kevin, help us cipher through the madness that is the ACC. What do you make of this league this year? Well, it's been frustrating. I think... The last couple of weeks, the league has started to turn for the better, right? You've seen Virginia start to play better. Virginia Tech, North Carolina has shown some some positives until last night, right? But, you know, it, it dug itself such a hole that, you know, I, I still think we're probably capping out at four bids. You know, I thought for a while there that North Carolina was going to get in, but last night was simply disastrous. Like, it was the one thing that they couldn't do. The, the, the big selling point for North Carolina was that they're, they had a quote-unquote clean resume. They hadn't lost to anyone outside of Quadrant 1, and that was – enough even though they didn't have a quadrant one win yet well now they have a quadrant four home loss to pittsburgh in a game they were down double digits most of the way i mean that that's ugly ugly as it gets so the the, the tariffs are out of the field they're probably gonna need to win at duke to get in um but still think you know miami's baking strides they're probably getting closer to lock status wake forest is in decent shape uh and notre dame they really needed it yesterday they found a way uh they're gonna be sweating i think all the way to selection sunday but that kentucky win has aged well and I think Mike Bryce Club is in a pretty good position. So right now, as we look at the ACC title odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Duke, the heavy odds on favorite at minus 300. But then you see Notre Dame there with the second best price, plus 350. They're actually tied atop 
the ACC standings at the moment. Miami, the third best price, then North Carolina, then UVA, then Wake Forest. Of the teams outside of Duke, Kevin, once they make the NCAA tournament, do you think the second through fourth best teams in the ACC can make any noise come March? I think Wake can in particular because they have two really outstanding players, right? When you have two guys as good as Alondas Williams and Jake Laravia, you're going to be in a lot of ball games. And you know, they showed that uh, the other day at Cameron. You know, they were down 15 in the second half. They battled back, had a real opportunity to win that game. And I think it's a good, good reminder of just how good this Wake team can be. I mean, look at a year where there hasn't been elite point guard playing college basketball. Alondas Williams is about as good as it gets. I mean, he is six foot six. He's distributing. Uh, he can really hit shots. He can play making the ball screen. I mean, he he's a special player. And to have a guy of his talent level to go with a guy like Laravia, who's been really good as well, I think Wake has an opportunity to you know, win a game or two if they get the right matchups. And had it not been for the rim not being in the favor of Damari Monsanto, Wake Forest might have won that game on that three-quarter heave at the end of regulation. That left Paolo Bancaro and the rest of the country being like, oh, that almost went in. So as we move from the ACC to a big picture perspective, Duke is inside the top eight right now for the eight best odds on FanDuel to reach the final four. The Blue Devils at plus 270. The favorites in this market, the only team with a minus money price, Gonzaga at minus 110. So Kevin, as you look at these odds right now, the best eight in the country on FanDuel, if you had to place out a bracket and you had to share that one line what four teams will be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, right now the ones would be, for me, Gonzaga, Arizona would be locked, and then Auburn is very close to a lock as well. Uh, and, and then finding that, that fourth is a debate right now between uh, Kansas and Kentucky. Uh, I, I, I've been leaning towards Kentucky most of the way. I think the head-to-head -head win is really valuable, but... You know, I'm I'm not sure now after the Tennessee game if Kansas maybe jumps them. It'll be very interesting to see. We get the uh, selection committee uh, top 16 this weekend, and that will give us some good indications of where the committee stands on the Kentucky versus Kansas debate, which is essentially do you prefer more quadrone wins, which is what Kansas has, or do you prefer better metrics in the head-to-head -head win, which is what Kentucky has. So right now I think I would still lean towards Kentucky, but we'll see what the committee says this weekend. So, Kev, we get that first preview from the committee this weekend. Right now in college basketball, it's compare resume season. You look at quad one wins, quad two wins, bad losses, might be net rankings and all that goes into a resume. So what are some of the key metrics that maybe the casual college basketball fan should keep an eye on over the next two weeks or so? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is quadrant one, quadrant one wins, right? Like if you... If you can tally up four or more, if you're a bubble team and you can get to three or four quadrant one wins, and that's why Rutgers at six feels pretty good right now. Uh, if you're a four plus, you're probably gonna be in pretty good shape. Um, the biggest thing, you essentially want as many Q1s as possible and as few Q3 and Q4s as possible. You, if you have multiple Q1s and zero Q3, Q4s, you're a pretty good chance you're gonna find your way in. So uh, I, I think that's really where I tend to look the most Again, we'll get some good indications from the top 16 if you want to you know, play it down the down to the bubble of is the committee favoring the metrics or are they favoring the resumes, right? So uh, Houston, for instance, elite, elite net, 
only one quadro one win. Providence, horrible net, horrible Ken Palm, great, great <laughs> wins. So, you know, we'll have a better sense after this weekend of whether the committee seeming to favor the teams with those great resumes or the teams with the great metrics. Uh, I, I, for now, am leaning towards, you know, if, if I could have one thing, I'd want the Q1 wins. Listen, we're fired up here on the morning after, and I will be fired up on Saturday if Providence is disrespected in the top 16 preview. I just had to get that out of the way, but it will be interesting to compare what the top 16 looks like versus the odds that we see right now. And we always say, Kev, on this show that the odds are a predictive model, which might be a way of looking at how the committee stacks up resumes as well. You mentioned Kansas in contention for one of those number one seeds for the big dance. The Big 12, a very battle-tested conference this year, and we saw that last night in Lubbock. Texas Tech sweeping the season series against Baylor. What stood out to you most about the Red Raiders' performance last night? Yeah, I mean, I was impressed. Uh, I think the thing for me about Tech is, and I wrote about this in our SI's, what's called the Magic 8 every year, where we pick the eight teams to win the national championship. I took Texas Tech on that list, to the surprise, I think, of a lot of people. Uh, and that was before yesterday's game, so I feel even better about it now. I think the thing that stands out for me always with Texas Tech is they have multiple guys who can beat you. I mean, every single night it can be someone else uh, who, who steps up. You know, right? They've had games where Adon like Adonis Arms won them the game when these two teams played in Waco. Last night, Bryson Williams was, was really good. Uh, you know, Davion Warren's had his moments. Kevin McCuller has, has stepped up, right? Like, I think in the preseason, the expectation with Texas Tech was it was Terrence Shannon and everybody else. And in reality, they're really, really balanced. I mean, Kevin O'Banner hit huge shots yesterday. Uh, you know, it's coming off, you know, he, he's been in and out of the, the starting lineup. He's been terrific for them shooting the basketball. So I, I think the thing for me is, you know, they're going to guard and now they have, you know, five, six, seven guys who can hurt you offensively. That's a really difficult combo to deal with if you're an opposing team. Texas Tech, the third most efficient defense in all of the country, according to Kenneth Pomeroy, one of the brightest minds in college basketball, as is Kevin Sweeney, our resident bracketologist here on the morning after in a college basketball reporter for Sports Illustrated, breaking it down just over two weeks left of the regular season in college hoops. And Kev, there's a market out there right now for the conference of who will win the national championship. The favorite in that market on FanDuel is the SEC at plus 300. Then the WCC at plus 430. That's because Gonzaga is the short favorite by themselves at plus 410. The Big 12's price stands out to me. It's plus 500. It's the fifth shortest on this board. How would you evaluate the Big 12 and maybe some of the upper echelon teams in that conference and their chances of actually winning a national title? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a tough number because especially after Baylor lost Jonathan Chan with Chachua, I'm just not sure that yeah. there's a true... There, there isn't a team I would put in my top five national championship contenders from this conference right now, right? I think there's three probably in the top 10 with Kansas, with Texas Tech, and with Baylor, but maybe not the top five champion, right? Like, I, I think Kansas is good. They have tremendous wings, but they don't have the point guard that you want in March, and they're really, really inconsistent at the five spot. You know, Baylor without Chama Chachua loses not just a really important defender and a great rebounder, but the emotional leader of their team. How do they deal with that? Um, and, and I think the... You know, last, obviously mentioning Texas Tech, I mean, their defense is tremendous, but they have a first-year head coach who's really never been there. 
and their offense is you know ha- has stepped up in, in key moments but it's not great if you look at the efficiency metrics so I understand that number. You know, I think maybe there's a little bit of value there just because I really like Texas Tech, and I think Baylor obviously is, you know, the defending champs. They have an opportunity to do it. Kansas has an elite coach and one of the five best players in the sport. But, you know, I understand the price because I just don't see a team that, you know, stands out to me as like, oh, yeah, I really want to buy them as a national championship team. The shortest price in that market, again, the SEC, plus 300. Two of the top four odds to win the national championship come from the SEC. Kentucky at plus 850, tied for the second best price. And Auburn, tied for the fourth best number at 10 to 1. Auburn is the favorite to win the SEC regular season title at minus 750. But those two teams, Kevin, Auburn and Kentucky, as we look to March, what do you think their ceilings are? I mean, I think both of them can win a championship. Uh, I thought Kentucky, again, we we haven't seen Kentucky lose at full strength since Notre Dame in mid-December. Mm. And again, at some point, like, you actually have to be at full strength to win a championship, right? And, and Ty Ty Washington getting hurt every single time that they get into the spots is concerning. Uh, mm. But he was not himself against Tennessee. And I still think that, you know, when Kentucky is at its best with two ball handlers who can be dynamic in the in the pick and roll, with shooters all around them, with rebounding like Shibwe, uh, you know, you have to get out in transition. I still think they have a tremendous upside. And, and certainly Auburn, I don't think they played their best basketball lately, but I still think, I mean, they have the best front court in the country. They've got dynamic playmakers. And, and the X Factor, Alan Flanagan, who's been coming back off the Achilles, he had one of his best games of the season this past weekend. That's a really promising sign for the Tigers. So I, I still think the ceiling is really, really high. I still think both of them are, are in that top five to six championship contenders right now. Kevin, our conference, the Big Ten conference, the third best price at plus 460. Maybe they snap an over two-decade-long streak of not winning a national championship in men's basketball. Kevin Sweeney, our resident bracketologist, a college basketball reporter for Sports Illustrated, breaking it down on a Thursday here on TMA. Kevin, thank you as always. Have a great weekend back up in Albany, New York. Thanks, Ben. We round out the morning after on this Thursday with our basketball best bet in college hoops. Up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Three hours here on a Thursday on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. The three hours of this Thursday program about to come to a close. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us today on a great Thursday here on TMA. So many great guests across the course of these three hours. But we finish with my best bet of this Thursday night slate in basketball college hoops to be exact and in certain areas of the country I am known as Big Ten Ben so of course I go to where my bread is buttered the most to the Big Ten Conference for our best bet of this Thursday so before we say farewell before we say goodbye it is time for our college basketball best bet it is time for bye bye bye
The Hawkeyes and the Wolverines in Iowa City tonight inside Carver Hawkeye. It's cold outside, but it's getting warm inside that arena where hopefully points come in a big way tonight between Iowa and Michigan. The over-under currently stands on FanDuel at 149.5. Iowa is a six-point favorite. Iowa, out of 358 Division I basketball teams, has the second highest over percentage in the entire country 74 percent of iowa's games this year have hit an over that's 17 total overs in total two straight for iowa going to the over four of the last five for the hawks hitting an over as well which leads us to an over of 149 and a half tonight against michigan another reason why michigan three straight unders but prior to that a six straight over streak for the wolverines michigan ranks 88th in defensive efficiency in the country not great Iowa, even worse than that, 121st in defensive efficiency. Not a lot of defense, hopefully a lot of offense, in an over of 149.5 tonight between Iowa and Michigan inside Carver Hawkeye. Big 10 basketball, everybody's up. Now, this has been the morning after on a Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow on a Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk tomorrow.